today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Why does God allow the hard times to hit and adversity to strike? It's so that we don't get so arrogant, conceited, self-sufficient, self-reliant, and we'll turn to Him, rely upon Him, because tomorrow is not guaranteed and the future is uncertain. It's as once said, we don't know what the future holds, but we do know who holds the future. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Ecclesiastes. You might not know what the future holds, but you do know who holds the future. Today, you learn from Pastor J.D.'s message to trust and rely upon the Lord. If you're going through a difficult season, know that God has you. He's never left your side. Turn to Him in humility and rely upon His strength to carry you. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of this broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Ecclesiastes chapter 7 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. If you inherit wisdom and not money, and you have somebody else that inherits money but not wisdom, they're going to lose that money, but you can't lose your wisdom. That's what he's saying. Verse 13, consider the work of God, for who can make straight what he has made crooked? Now, we're going to talk about this here in a moment, but we talked about this last week in chapter 6. Basically, this has the idea of not contending with God's ways and God's whys. God, why, 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 why? This makes no sense. Well, God's ways are not my ways. His thoughts are infinitely higher than my thoughts, Isaiah says. And yet, we, we contend with the Lord, as if somehow we can straighten it all out. How, how are you going to straighten out that which is just crooked in this fallen world? And again, Solomon's going to expound on that here in a moment. All right, here we go, verse 14. In the day of prosperity, be joyful, but in the day of adversity, consider. Consider this word, consider. We're going to come back to it in a moment. Surely God has appointed the one as well as the other so that man can find out nothing that will come after him. Another translation renders it this way. When times are good, enjoy. Don't apologize. Hey, God's blessing you. Praise the Lord, man. Enjoy it. While it lasts. No, not like that. But it's kind of like, hey, good times. Praise the Lord. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above, and there's no shifting or variation of shadow. But, I don't like that but there, because you know what's coming, right? When, not if, when adversity strikes, stop and consider. 
that God has allowed the prosperity alongside with the adversity. God has appointed both. He's allowed both, one alongside the other. Why, pray tell, would God allow both the hard times and the good times? Prosperity and adversity. Yes, God will bless and prosper, but God will also allow adversity to strike, hard times to hit. Why? Because. And this is what Solomon is saying in his wisdom to consider. When you don't have the guarantees that everything is going to be good, that tomorrow adversity could strike, it has the much needed effect of turning us to Him for complete and total reliance and dependence upon Him. Isn't it true when, when things are going good, I mean everything you touch, wow, just bless, and it has this effect of, you know, sort of disarming you like, hey, it's always going to be like this. And it's almost like God's in heaven going, oh wow. Oh, and, and by the way, I, I kind of noticed that when things are going good, you and I don't talk as much. You're too busy now. You're too caught up in what one called the agony of affluence. Come on, let's be honest. When things are going good, what does your prayer life sound like? Oh Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you. Bless me, bless them, bless this. In Jesus' name, amen. That's it? Yeah. Wow. Things are good. Yeah. Praise the Lord. But when adversity strikes, what does that prayer sound like? <laughs> oh God! Oh! I mean, you're crying out to Him. Oh! We can talk now. It seems I have your attention. Yes, Lord. Oh, oh, this, oh. You know, it's, it's kind of like this. I know this is um, pushing the proverbial envelope, but here it goes. So if the only time God has our undivided attention is when the hard times hit, stay with me. As a earthly father, the only time I've got my son's undivided attention is when adversity strikes. I'm thinking there's adversity in his future. Oh, that's, oh, oh, hey, you're busy. Oh, hey, hey. Okay. Hey, where are you going? Oh, okay. Okay, bye. I love you. Miss you. That's what it is, you know. Our loving Heavenly Father misses that intimacy, those quiet times. We talked about this too. We, we don't like quiet. That's why we have things going on in the background, because quiet makes you quiet, and then you're, it's just you and the Lord, and ooh, ooh, I mean, you're just, so we got to have something playing in the background, and well, how are you going to hear the still small voice of the Lord when there's so much noise, and the volume of your life is so loud? Because that's how I speak, you know when I have your undivided attention, and there's not all these other loud voices clamoring for your attention. And the only way I'm going to get that is when adversity strikes. Guess what? <laughs> adversity is going to strike. I look back on my life 
over the most difficult and painful times. And while I would never want to have to go through them again, I would never trade what God did in me for anything. In fact, I look back on those painful times as the closest and most intimate times I had with the Lord. And there's almost a, a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, a a sorrow and a, a sentimental, you know, a sanctified melancholy of sorts where you just kind of, I I really miss that. I don't want to have more adversity to have that again. Is there any way we could figure out a way to have that during times of prosperity? It doesn't work like that. Because when things are going good, we, we don't need them. I had a friend of mine on the mainland, his son was in college. He said, the only time my son calls me is when he needs money. So he came up with a really good idea. And this guy was well to do. He said, so whenever he calls, I know he's going to ask for like a thousand dollars. And this is many years ago. So as soon as he calls, said, hey, son, I'm going to get, send you five hundred dollars. He just saved himself five hundred dollars by saying, saying that. For, he knows why he's calling. OK, now think of it this way. If the only time we're ever going to call upon the Lord is when we need something, then wouldn't it stand to reason that God's going, going to put us in a situation where we need something? So we'll just call him. He just wants to hear our voice. Oh, so good to hear from you. Long time no talk. What do you need? I know what you need because I, I orchestrated it so you would need it because I wanted to talk with you. Why does God allow the hard times to hit and adversity to strike? It's so that we don't get so arrogant, conceited, self-sufficient, self-reliant, and will turn to Him, rely upon Him, because tomorrow is not guaranteed, and the future is uncertain. It's as one said, we don't know what the future holds, but we do know who holds the future. Verse 15, I have seen everything in my days of vanity. There is a just man who perishes in his righteousness, And there is a wicked man who prolongs life in his wickedness. And then he said, this is going to be strange. Do not be overly righteous, nor be overly wise. Why should you destroy yourself? Do not be overly wicked, nor be foolish. Why should you die before your time? It is good that you grasp this, verse 18, and also not remove your hand from the other, for he who fears God will escape them all. What? What are you talking about? Don't, don't be overly righteous. Yeah, because the righteous die young and the wicked live a long life. What's up with that? That ain't right, <laughs> as we say. That's messed up, and it is messed up. And and guess what? It's going to be messed up until eternity. This goes back to how are you going to straighten out that which is crooked? Uh, In case you've forgotten, we live in a crooked, messed up, that ain't right fallen world. And this side of eternity, it's not going to add up. It's not going to straighten out. Don't try to straighten it out. Don't try to work it out. It ain't right. (laughs) It's messed up. 
But nothing gets straightened out until eternity, and that's when everything is made right. One of the things I'm learning in my own walk with the Lord is that the sooner I accept that, the better it's going to be. And I'll explain what I mean by that. I need to be okay with this. A lot of problems, unnecessary problems in my life, I create. When I fight against this, man, this is just wrong. Well, the world has fallen. Yeah, but this is, this is all messed up. I know. It's a fallen world. It's messed up. But <laughs> there is coming a time where it'll all be straightened out. Are you going to be okay with that? Are you going to continue to fight it and contend with me over it? You don't understand my ways. You don't understand my whys. But there is coming a time where all of your why questions will be answered. In fact, I am of the belief that when we get to heaven, all those questions we had, (laughs) you're going to be like going, worthy is the Lamb. Wait, I thought you had a question. No, worthy is the Lamb. (laughs) Verse 19, wisdom strengthens the wise more than ten rulers of the city For there, verse 20, is not a just man on earth who does good and does not sin. Oh my goodness, that's Romans. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. John says that if anyone says, I don't sin, you're a liar. Because all sin. We were all born sinners, which is why we must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. Verse 21. Boy, this is a word fitly spoken. Also, do not take to heart everything people post on social media about you. That's the JDV. Let's go back to the (laughs) New King James here. Do not take to heart everything people say, lest you hear your servant cursing you, And here's why, verse 22, for many times also your own heart has known that even you have cursed others. Oh, busted. I think about Jesus talking about the speck and the beam. This speaks to a very important truth and life lesson that I think we would all do well to learn. And again, the sooner the better. Don't be (laughs) thin-skinned. Don't be hypersensitive. Someone says something about you, that was mean. Yeah, it was. That wasn't nice. No, it wasn't. Man, that was the flesh. Yes, it was. That really hurt. I'm sure it did. (laughs) Haven't you done the same thing? And maybe, arguably, what you did was even worse. Many years ago I heard somebody say that for those who are in the ministry, especially those who are pastors, you have to have the mind of a scholar, the heart of a child, and the hide of a rhinoceros. Man, if you let things get to you, you're not going to make it. 
you'll never survive. Oh, that, that hurt. Of course it did. I mean, that's not to say that it's not going to hurt. But don't take it to heart. I could go on and on about this. I think we are, boy, think about this. <laughs> the, the, and this is social media, by the way. Do you know that the algorithms in social media, vis-a-vis AI, artificial intelligence, actually rewires your brain and changes your behavior to react in a certain way? That's what's happening right now. I mean, it's getting to the point now where you're walking on eggshells. Now, I don't want to say that, because then, boom! Sorry, I just woke a couple people up again. I, I, we're almost done. Just hang in there. I'm kidding. I'm sorry. But I mean, it's, it's kind of like, oh my goodness, you just started a war. And I mean, everybody, you, you, I mean, it, it, I better move on. I'm going to get in the flesh. Verse 23, all this I have proved by wisdom. I said, I will be wise, but it was far from me. As for that which is far off and exceedingly deep, who can find it out? I applied my heart to know, verse 25, to search and seek out wisdom and the reason of things, to know the wickedness of folly, even the foolishness and madness. And I find more bitter than death, I'm going to be careful here, the woman whose heart is snares and nets, whose hands are fetters. He who pleases God shall escape from her, but the sinner shall be trapped by her. Now verse 27, it gets even worse again. I I, I hate that the chapter ends this way, but it is what it is. He says, verse 27, here is what I have found, says the preacher, adding one thing to the other to find out the reason, which, verse 28, my soul still seeks, but I cannot find one man among a thousand I have found, but a woman (laughs) among all these I have not found. Whoa. Tell us how you really feel about women. What's going on here? Well, Solomon is speaking from personal experience. At this stage in his life, how many wives does does he have? How many concubines does he have? Well, no wonder you're talking like this about women. You know what? You brought it on yourself, buckaroo. (laughs) I checked. That's not a bad word, by the way, buckaroo. So you know. I'm going to get sensitive comments about they're going to hurt my feelings because I said a word and that was not. Oh, by the way, you know what? I, I went there, so what? You know, here in Hawaii, right, we say, hey, the baga. The baga? Did I say something bad? No, right? It's a saying, right? And it's not bad, right? <laughs> okay. Well, apparently in the UK, I think it's the UK, it's very bad. Very, very bad. 
It's a bad word. And so I'm, I, oh, it was uh, Sunday. I was uh, showing you the billboards. How cool was that? And I said, you see those things underneath the billboards? <laughs> those are called RVs. Just to give you an idea how big the bug I is. Oh, you would think I committed the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. I digress. I don't even know how I got there. Oh, buckaroo. Yeah, he brought this on himself. <laughs> I mean, I mean, obviously you have an issue here. Could it be Solomon that this is the reason why God commanded kings not to multiply horses, gold, and wives? You think? It's not because God was saying, I'm God and I said so. Don't multiply horses, gold, or women. And what did you do? You multiplied horses, gold, and women. Well, you're going to find out why I told you not to do that. It's right here. Oh, now I see. God was actually trying to protect me from untold heartache and pain by doing that which He said do not do. It's for my own good. He's trying to protect me from me. You know that saying, you're your own worst enemy? You know that every time you look at your face in the mirror, which is getting very painful, which you're looking right at the enemy. In fact, you can say in the mirror, you're the enemy, (laughs) because you are. You're your own worst enemy. And oh, how God in His love for us, His unfailing love will do everything and stop at nothing to protect us from us. Verse 29, truly this only I have found, that God made man upright. Don't tell the evolutionists that. God made man upright. Walk on two legs, not four. We all okay with that? Okay, good. But they have sought out many schemes. In other words, God made man right. And what did man do? He blew it. It's what one referred to with Adam and Eve and sin entering through Adam. He called it the Adam bomb. I know that Arabs should not use words like bombs, but he bombed. He blew it. He messed up. God made it right. God made us upright. And man in his rebellion, in his sin, has sought out many schemes. Again, I apologize for Ending on that note, I'll try maybe (laughs) better next time to end on a better note. But you know, sometimes it needs to be dark in order for the light to shine the brightest. Isn't that true? The darker it is, the harder it is, the brighter the light will be. We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D., The book of Ecclesiastes can seem daunting at first, but once you understand the heart behind the writer, it becomes inspiring. And who doesn't need to be inspired in their walk with Jesus every now and then? As you read through the book of Ecclesiastes, be encouraged to evaluate your life and the things you hold close to your heart. If you find the material things are closer to your heart than Jesus, 
Be still before the Lord and ask Him to draw nearer to you. He's faithful and He'll meet you where you're at. If you haven't yet found a home church, we'd like to encourage you to make that a priority. You were never meant to do life alone. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, you're always welcome to visit us. You can join us for a time of worship at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more and get directions at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. While you're there, be sure to check out Pastor J.D.'s additional teachings, as well as his Mideast Prophecy Updates, an accurate look at what the Bible has to say about this time in our world. You can also find Pastor J.D.'s ABCs of Salvation there, a great way to share the simplicity of the gospel message with friends and family. That's all available at our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. That's all we have for today, but thanks for tuning in to spend this time with us. Join Pastor J.D. next time to learn more from Ecclesiastes right here on In Spirit and Truth.